Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know, I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. In this Ask Shauna, I'm covering how to start a Roth IRA and how to know if you actually need life insurance. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money. I'm your host, Shauna Game. And on this show, I'm going to invite you to drop all of that negative self-talk and thinking about money so you can really heal your relationship with money and start living your version of a good life. Sound good? All right, let's go. I am so excited for all of the Ask Shauna questions that I'm going to cover this year. I was really overwhelmed by all the questions that you sent in last year. I didn't even make it through, honestly, half of them. So I will be going through a lot of them. If you did not get your question answered, please stay tuned. There will be an upcoming episode 
with your questions. So thank you so much for sending them in. There is a link in the show notes to submit and ask Sean a question. If you would like it to be featured on an upcoming episode, please do. There are no bad questions. Anything that you might want to know about money, I can guarantee you there are a lot of other people out there that are wondering the same thing. So if you're new here, uh, welcome. Welcome to the show. These are my Friday episodes where I keep things very loose. There is minimal editing. So yeah, you will hear me probably flub up a few words, uh, probably have a couple of long pauses. You get the idea, right? (laughs) The idea is I want you to feel like we are sitting across from each other and we are having a conversation about money. And sometimes that gets messy. And uh, sometimes there's emotions that come up. And I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in these in these episodes? So in this particular one, I'm going to chat about two different questions today. So be sure to stay tuned for part two uh, after our uh, little break in the middle of the episode where I'm going to dive into life insurance and figuring out if you need it and all that good stuff. But our first question up is from Dana. Dana says, hi, Shauna. I love your show and appreciate the knowledge you give for people like me that are learning personal finance on their own later in life. I've learned so much over the past few months and one thing... I know I need to do at the age of 36 to start a Roth IRA. My issue is there are so many places to open an account, and I really don't want to make a mistake. I am clueless about what I need to look for in a company. I'm assuming a robo-advisor would be best for me because I have no clue what to purchase and prefer a lazy investing method. Also, if I go to the company and I don't like it, can I easily move my money elsewhere without a fee or penalty? I'm just really stuck and know this is something easy to do, but I need permission slash guidance to move forward so I can just start investing something. Thank you for your help. This is such a great question, Dana. Such a great way to start off 2024. I know investing is a big goal for so many of you listening. It's it's kind of all you hear, right? If you're on social media, you're, you're always, maybe not you, but certainly me, I'm bombarded by... Uh, posts and videos and comments and all sorts of things around investing. And I I think it's the subject that it used to be really like complicated, right? And I think the finance world has kind of made it that way. And so it's really easy to feel like you don't know what you're doing. So you just don't do anything. But I, I really want to change a little bit of that thinking about investing and I I want it to feel approachable. And we're going to talk about this a little bit, Dana and everybody else who's listening. I, I don't want you to feel caught up in the idea that you're going to make a mistake. All right. So first, I just want to say congrats on taking charge of your financial life, Dana. This is awesome. And I'm really excited to help you on this investing journey. So let's talk about a few things. Again, first, and and I really want to overemphasize this, I want to give you permission to actually make a mistake. But I also want you to know that there are very few mistakes you can actually make when you open up a Roth IRA or when you open up any kind of retirement account. I think we get so stuck in the minutia of it all. And what if something goes wrong? What if I pick the wrong investment? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, right? And we can get just locked in this cycle of what ifs that it is literally paralyzing. (laughs) It is a form of 
a fight or flight response that comes very naturally when we're talking about money. It's it's just kind of built into all of us because of the crazy societal messages around money. So I don't want you to feel stuck in that place, all right? Yes, there are loads of places where you can open up a Roth IRA, and I'll walk you through some of the choices, but I just don't want you to feel stuck in this idea of making a mistake. Mistakes are going to happen. It's how you classify it. And it's it's the frame of, of thinking around a mistake, particularly with money, right? There's this idea that you have to be perfect with money. I don't even know where this came from, but I really would love to just blow this thing up because there is no such thing as perfect with money. There really isn't. It's so individual and things happen and life happens. And sometimes you put money in something and it doesn't work out the way you want it to. Sometimes you forget to pay a bill. Sometimes you have to put stuff on a credit card. Like this is just life. And I really want to normalize that. If, if anything here in 2024, I want you to feel that from me, feel that permission to normalize all of this stuff that you've been told are mistakes or that you're doing it wrong. All right. I'll get down off the soapbox just for a minute. (laughs) So number two, just a little asterisk when it comes to Roth IRAs. So for 2024, the contribution limit is $7,000 if what's called your modified adjusted income is below $146,000 for single filers or $230,000 for married filing jointly. At incomes above that, your contribution limit, it begins to phase out until it is eliminated completely at 161,000 for single filers and 240,000 for married filing jointly. So depending on how much money you make, it's very important when we're talking about a Roth, if you fall in those buckets, you may or may not be able to contribute to a Roth. And also when we're talking about Roth IRA or traditional IRA, you need to have earned income, right? So to be able to contribute to your Roth IRA, you need to have at least, if you're going to contribute $7,000, $7,000 of earned income. So there are a couple different ways you can go here when you're thinking about how do you want to get this thing started. Yeah, absolutely, Dana, you can go with a robo-advisor. They're very popular, right? In the last, I would say, 10 years, 7 years, robo-advisors, that's pretty much what you hear a lot when people talk about investing in a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. There are places like Elvest, Wealthfront, Vanguard, Betterment. Those are some of the popular choices. And if you just Google any article about where to set up a Roth IRA or robo-advisor, you're pretty much going to see these names. I'm going to link an article in the show notes from our partners at NerdWallet. They have some pros and cons about each of these companies. This is, um, you know, it's so specific, right? So I can't just come on here and tell you which place to invest with. (laughs) I want you to do a little bit of the research, but I don't want you to have that analysis paralysis. I want you to just do some research and pick one. You honestly can't really go wrong, right? I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to give you that permission slip to pick one of these, whichever one really resonates with you. So a robo-advisor is a great choice if you are a like quote unquote do it for me type of person, which Dana, you're kind of saying like, hey, I just want somebody that just does this. I give them my money and they invest, right? Like magic. So with a robo-advisor, 
you're going to put in your age, you're going to put in how much you plan to contribute either each month or each year. This is totally customizable by you up to that $7,000 limit, right? And you're going to complete what's called, every place calls this something a little bit different, but basically it's a risk tolerance assessment. So this little short quiz is going to help them determine how risky you are with your investments. Are you somebody who's very conservative? Are you someone who's in the middle? Maybe you like to take on a little bit of risk. Or maybe you're somebody who's like, no, I just, I want to go for it. I want to go for the big return and I fully acknowledge that I'm going to take some of risk. The beautiful thing about your risk tolerance is it can change. (laughs) It will change throughout life. When you're younger, you're probably going to be a little bit riskier because you have a very long time horizon when it comes to investing. If something goes amok in those years, you have time to recover. The older you get, you might be a little less risky. Maybe you're a little like, ah, I don't, you know, I I don't know. Like if the stock market fell, you know, 20% overnight, that might make me have sweats and, you know, break out into a hive and I'm not comfortable with that. So this is something that you get to decide what you are comfortable with. So this is going to help the robo-advisors select the right portfolio option. Most robo-advisors have numerous portfolios based on a couple of factors, your age, how risky you want to be, those sorts of things. So from there, you can monitor, you know, the progress, log into your account, see how things are going. And of course, you can make changes as needed. Like if you decide, oh, I thought I was really risky, but I don't know about it. (laughs) You can go in and change your portfolio at any point in time. All right. So the pros of a robo-advisor is obviously they do the work for you. A robo-advisor uses technology to manage your portfolio, hence the word robo. And they rebalance your portfolio, et cetera, et cetera. Robo-advisors are also supposed to be very cost-effective and typically require less upfront money to get started. Now you're like, all right, Shauna, those are the pros. What are the cons? The cons are really that there is, you know, a limited amount of portfolios that you can invest in and you just don't have as much control over those portfolios, right? You're you're kind of trading some some degree of control over the portfolio based on just having somebody else do it for you. Is that a con? Is that not a con? I don't know. This is so specific to you, right? So you gave me a couple of bits of important information, Dana. You said, I want somebody else to do this for me, right? So the con might not be even in your horizon with a robo-advisor. It might just be the best place for you to get started. So as with everything that we talk about, money on this show or any other shows you listen to or articles you read, some people love them. Some people don't. That is going to happen with absolutely everything around money. Things I say you're going to like and not like, you're going to agree with and not agree with, right? So I I want you to have some sort of personal freedom in here to be able to make a choice that really feels right for you. So I can't answer this question for you, but honestly, if we're looking at this like right or wrong, I don't think you can really go wrong with a robo-advisor. I don't think you can go wrong opening a Roth IRA on your own. Like, I I don't think there's a wrong option here. I think what you really need to be focused on is you are making a positive choice for your financial future. You are deciding 
to start investing, right? That is a beautiful thing. So again, soapbox, I'm going to jump up here. I want you to just let go of this idea of doing something right or wrong. Another way of going about this is opening up a Roth IRA at one of the big investment houses like Vanguard, Fidelity, T. Rowe Price, Charles Schwab. This is a great option if you are a quote unquote, do it for myself type of person. So here you're going to open an account online. You're going to select the investments that you would like. You can create a portfolio usually of index funds like an S&P 500 index fund and other low cost ETFs, exchange traded funds. Other popular choices are things like target date funds, where you select a fund based on the year you hypothetically plan to retire. And then the fund, in essence, will manage itself, rebalancing risk as you get older and older. So taking down that risk tolerance from something that is really risky when you're younger to something that's a lot more conservative the older you get, all right? So a couple of things just to think about. If you have access to a 401k at your work, at your company, and they offer matching, some sort of match, please take advantage of that first. You've probably heard this lots of places, but that is essentially free money. (laughs) So do that first before investing in an outside Roth IRA. Some companies allow you actually to take your 401k and invest in a Roth 401k. That's an amazing option amazing option for you. To make your life easy, another thing I suggest is setting up automatic monthly transfers from your checking account each time you get paid. So what that looks like is you're going to figure out a specific percentage of your paycheck that you just want to direct automatically towards your Roth IRA. This is beautiful. Like this is, if we're creating a a spending plan, this is like what we want, right? We want money to just automatically come from our paycheck, automatically go to all of the places that we want it to go. Investing, paying down our debt, funding our goals, money in our emergency fund, right? We don't even have to think about it. This is how we take a lot of the the stress and unease around money, how we remove a lot of that is we just take the choice out of it for ourselves. We come up with a plan and we just automate everything. And so it executes the plan. We don't have to decide. Like, I don't have to decide, wow, you know, I was going to put $250 in my Roth IRA this month, but instead, really would love a new pair of jeans and I want to get a facial. And yeah, I'd love to just go out to this fancy restaurant. I'm just going to do that instead. When we automate things, we tell our brain, this is something that's really important money is automatically going towards this. It's not that we can't do the other stuff. I'm not I'm not discouraging the other stuff, but I am encouraging creating healthy habits and behaviors around money so you don't have to think about it because when we have to think about what we want to do with our money, <laughs> we are always going to choose the choice that we think in that moment is a lot more fun than saving our money, than paying something off. It's just human nature. We're just kind of wacky humans. And this is how we how we do money. All right. So with a Roth, you can always take out, withdraw your own contributions at any time. But you must be 59 and a half or older to take out any of the investment gains. So let's say you put $10,000 in your Roth IRA. And let's say over five years, it grew to $20,000. And you needed to access that cash. 
you could take out your original $10,000 at any point in time. No penalties, no fees. But that additional $10,000 gain, that's where if we take that money out before 59 and a half, we are subject to a 10% penalty and the money is subject to income taxes. We've got to pay taxes on that money is added to our taxable income. So there are some interesting ways to think about this. A lot of times people will use a Roth IRA almost as an additional savings account, knowing that you can tap your the money that you have put in at any point in time if you needed that for a specific emergency. And we're just going to leave your investment gains in there to grow and use over time for retirement. Just an idea. It doesn't have to mean that it's it's for you or not for you, but just something to think about, right? There, there are some options when we're talking about a Roth IRA. And yes, specifically, I want to answer this. Dana, you can move your money at any point in time. Your money is your money. What you want to make sure that you're doing is something called a direct transfer. So let's say you go with one of those robo-advisors and you decide, uh, I, I don't like this. I want to open up my own account at Vanguard or Fidelity or whatever it might be. What you want to make sure you do is a direct transfer. So that means that company is not uh, taking out a check, sending you a check, and then you take that check and you put that in the new investment account. You can do it that way. However, there's a time limitation of how long you can actually have that check in your hand before you put it in the new account. This goes back to <laughs> how we all primitively think, act, and feel about money. You don't want that money in your hand. You just want that nice, nice amount of money to go directly from your robo-advisor to the new account without you having to think about it. All right, so make sure you do a direct transfer if that is the case. But yes, it's your money. Absolutely. You have access to it. You should be able to transfer it at any point in time. Uh, gosh, I, I hope that that has helped you a little bit, Dana. Kind of think about Roth IRA. Think about your different options. Ultimately is up to you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you again, you cannot go wrong. There isn't a bad choice here. There's not a bad choice. You're doing a positive thing. You are starting to grow your investments, you're starting to grow towards your financial future, and that's always going to be a win. Even if you choose to invest in something, a portfolio, and maybe it doesn't do as well as another portfolio, who cares? You chose something that was right for you in the moment, and you made a positive step forward. And for that, I want you to congratulate yourself, and I want you to be really, really proud. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless. 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. 
Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. I'm sorry, but I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a mini golden mountain doodle full of life, and I would do just about anything to keep her happy, healthy, and safe. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family and you want to do the best for them, but vet bills can really add up. We jokingly keep telling Winnie she needs to get a job to pay for her vet bill. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customized accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping to ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independent American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer, is not engaged in the business of insurance. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. So I did a shout out on Instagram. I started a new Instagram for the show. It's at everyone's talking money. I would love for you to hop over there and follow me. I'm going to be doing some fun money challenges there. I'm going to be doing daily videos, lots of things to be really, really helpful and kind of additional resources off of this podcast. I had an Instagram that was my own name and I don't know. I just decided to do a crazy thing and start from scratch. Anyway, I asked my followers, there's not that many right now, but I asked them on Instagram, hey, 
what money questions would you ask me personally about myself? And so I decided in Ask Shauna episodes, I'll pull one of those questions and I will answer them myself. So this question was, what is one thing I wish I knew about money when I was 21 years old? I love this question because I thought that I knew a lot about money at 21, and I did. I had run a business for, I don't know, about five years, and you know, I learned how to be resourceful with money. It was really became, where I became kind of a ninja with how to divvy up money and how to, you know, not have to think about where you're going to put your money. And gosh, I I leveraged so many different things. I learned how to be a really good negotiator, all of that. But what I missed, what I didn't really learn growing up was not to spend money to make myself feel better because there is no amount of money in this world that I could actually have or spend on buying things, all sorts of things that would actually make me like myself that would actually make me feel worthy that would make me happy you know there was something i was missing internally and i thought that buying all of these things was going to somehow change that for me or i don't know make me outwardly look like i was accomplished or i don't even know the right words to fill in the blank but wow did i learn that lesson uh <laughs> in a really extreme way Fast forward, so you asked me at 21, fast forward about nine years when I got divorced and walked away from really absolutely everything I owned except my car that I had a very expensive payment on and a suitcase and all my clothes. Other than that, I really didn't have anything to my name. I walked away from my house that I lived in that I had owned. Everything that I had bought over the years, uh, I love to cook. So this crazy cookbook collection and I don't know, just just everything. And it was both very freeing and incredibly, incredibly fear inducing. And I really had to look at myself in the mirror and think about the value that I was placing on things. And did that really matter or did that not really matter? And I really wish I would have learned that lesson a long time ago because I I I would probably have so much more money in investments now so so much more money in things that were um building wealth versus <laughs> just throwing away money but I, I I don't know I think you know every person that I've coached with money or that I've talked to around money we all go through this phase where we just spend money on things. This is just what we do. And we kind of have to learn that it doesn't really fix that hole inside of us. There's there's something else in that hole. <laughs> and usually it's finding yourself. Usually it's coming to grips with who you are as a person and being okay and using money to help fund authenticity and not uh, you know, something something different than that. So if I could change at 21, I really wish I would have learned that lesson. I wish I would have known that lesson. And gosh, I really wish I could take back all the money that I spent on a lot of things that just ultimately didn't matter. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. 
I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. 
Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. If you were with us in the beginning part of this episode, we talked about all things Roth IRA. Now we're going to switch gears a bit and answer a question from Celine. Celine says, Shauna, I'm a big fan of the show and you helped me and my partner for so many years. We can finally talk about money and not get in a fight, which is a huge miracle. So thank you. We recently were talking about getting life insurance. I know it's not a sexy topic, but I don't know that much about it and was wondering if it made sense to get it. We own a home and have pretty stable jobs. We both work, make about $150,000 between us. We still have some student loan debt and credit card debt, but I'm learning not to freak out about those. Thanks to all your kind words. So yeah, thank you for your insight and anything you want to share with us. Celine, so I I love that you pose the question this way. Although it's life insurance, yes, on surface, it isn't sexy until you need it. (laughs) Then it becomes really sexy. In almost all circumstances, except a few outliers we won't talk about on this episode because they don't really relate to a lot of people. Life insurance benefits are tax-free. So that's what makes it really sexy if you indeed need life insurance, or if you're the beneficiary, I should say, of life insurance is those benefits are tax-free. And that's just, it's just brilliant. I mean, it's, it's the whole reason that life insurance was created. So let's, let's talk about a few things. Most people choose what's called term life insurance. It's like renting life insurance. And the common terms are 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and 30 years. Most people choose 20 or 30 years, but again, you got to pick whatever whatever feels right for you. So the way it works is as long as you pay your premium, right? So that monthly cost, it's essentially like health insurance, right? Where you have a monthly premium. As long as you pay that premium, you have life insurance for this specific term. If you pass away within this specific term, your beneficiary will get the death benefit. If you outlive the term, then you have a couple of choices. You can just let your policy end, or you could secure a new term policy based on your current age and health. It's going to be more expensive than your last policy almost always. Or with some companies, you can do what's called conversion. You can convert your policy into a permanent policy. Permanent policy is just like it sounds. It doesn't end until you end or until a specific age, depending on how you structured the policy. Most people look at permanent life insurance in a couple of different situations, if they have big estates and they're trying to solve an estate tax issue, or if you get somewhere in your term insurance and let's say you get cancer or 
you you know something comes up for you where the chances of you getting another term policy are not so great based on your current health. Those are some of the reasons that people choose to convert to a permanent policy. Most people choose a term policy. It doesn't mean that one is better or worse, contrary to almost everything you're going to hear out there about life insurance. There is a specific situation where permanent life insurance, things like whole life, things like universal life, where those types of policies are appropriate. For most people, yes, maybe not. But for some people, yes. So I really don't like the rhetoric about all permanent life insurance policies are bad because that's just not truth. We can't say that about anything in life. So you select a death benefit. And this is an amount of money that your beneficiary, like your partner, will get if you pass away. There are a couple of ways to think about this. One is a reasonable amount is usually a multiple of 10. So take your current salary and multiply that by 10. And that is usually about the right number you want to think about for life insurance. Now, some people do that. Let's say you make $100,000. So your multiple of 10 would be a million dollar life insurance policy. And some people are like, oh my God, that seems like a ridiculous amount of money. Yes, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. It's not ridiculous, all right? So another method is called DIME, D-I-M-E. So it's we're looking at debt, income, mortgage, and education. So this is meant for a minimal amount of coverage that's just going to cover your family expenses in the event of, of death. So you're going to look at these things, uh, you know, how much money could pay off my mortgage, pay for your kid's education, and replace your income for the years, you know, until your kids reach about 18 years. So that's usually going to be a lower amount of money. I don't normally suggest that, but sometimes that's just easier for people to think about. So I I like to think about death benefit this way. To me, it's a, a standard of living number. So if you were to pass away, how much would your partner need to continue living the way you are now, essentially until retirement? So you know, what what I'm thinking about is let's make sure the partner doesn't need to sell the house or change a lot in your current level of spending. So in essence, the life insurance death benefit is replacing their salary, right? Because, you know, if you've built your life around you collectively making $150,000 and let's say a portion of that is gone, you're probably going to have to make some shifts and changes in how you live life. And when somebody passes away, particularly our partner or our spouse, wow, the last thing you want to have to do is have to sell things to continue living life, right? You are usually in a place of grief, of trying to process emotions, and that's just not something I I want for you. So that is a really good reason to have life insurance. If somebody is economically dependent on you, that is one of the best reasons to have life insurance. Now, you could look at all of your money, all of your investments and say, I don't think it's necessary for us. Maybe we have enough money. Okay, great. That That's perfectly acceptable explanation. I would say too, if you have children, I would definitely look at having life insurance. You probably don't want to leave the beneficiary money to your kid. You want to make sure you set up a trust and the money goes into a trust so it can be managed uh, correctly for your child. But that is your child is definitely somebody who's economically dependent on you, right? Also, let's say that you uh, are 
in a partnership or maybe you're married and maybe one of you works and the other person doesn't work. Maybe the other person takes care of the kids or whatever it might be, right? That still has an economic value because if, if that person isn't here, there still needs to be somebody to take care of your kids or take care of the household or whatever it might be, right? So there is still a need for life insurance in that particular scenario. So I, I gosh, I've seen so many, <laughs> so many situations where life insurance has become critically important. I am in my 40s and I can already name about five or six friends who in their 30s and early 40s had had a partner or a spouse pass away and they either were left with life insurance or not left with life insurance and it had a dramatic impact on their quality of life. So I don't want you to just think this is something that happens when you're older. And the beauty of life insurance is the younger you are, the healthier you are, the cheaper life insurance is. The older you get, the more risk of health things that come up, the more expensive life insurance can be, all right? So it's not for everyone. It may not be for you now, right? Or you may look at your life and look at your finances and look at your situation and say, I don't think this is something I, you know, is needed or is needed in our family. Uh, I will be very transparent and share that I, uh, myself and my husband, we both have life insurance. And to me, it's a critical piece of our financial plan, but that's what's right for us. It doesn't have to mean that it is right for you. So I will link some articles in the show notes. There's some calculators if, you know, you want to go in and kind of play around different things. There are a lot of uh, online life insurance companies. You do not have to, you know, do the old school kind of life insurance salesperson comes to your door type approach. So there are lots of different ways that, uh, you know, with ease, you can apply for life insurance. So yes, they're going to look at your age. They're going to look at your your salary. They're also going to look at your health history, right? So they're going to look at, do you smoke? Do you not smoke? Have you had anything, you know, come up in your health history? Uh, how are your how are your parents? Did they pass away early? What did they pass away from? They're going to use all of this information. They're going to look at your medical records, right? So you, you really can't hide anything. <laughs> and they're going to determine the level of risk you are. And that level of risk is going to determine your premium, the amount of money you're going to pay. And you can pay for these policies monthly, you can pay quarterly, you can pay semi-annually, you can pay annually. There are lots of different choices of how you can slice and dice this. I tend to be of the belief that if there is somebody that is economically dependent on you, some life insurance is better than none. But that's just, again, my own personal opinion kind of swayed a little bit by, you know, being a certified financial planner and working with people over the years. But you know, it may be something that you're like, well, Celine, you might be like, okay, this is on our radar, but we've got a couple other financial goals we want to tick off the list first. So we're just going to kind of keep it out there. Maybe we're going to learn a little bit more about life insurance and then decide down the line if it's something that we want to get. All right. So with anything, everything that we talk about this episode, everything we talk about on the show, everything we talk about in Ask Shauna's, there is always an asterisk mark. And I get a lot of emails from listeners who are like, you only said the pros of this and not the cons or, well, I don't think this is true. What you said about this or you said about that. Yes, a lot of this is um, 
my opinion based in financial expertise, right? I'm a certified financial planner. I'm a certified trauma of money expert. I've worked one-on-one with people for years and years and years. So a lot of this comes with my expertise background layered on top of just my own opinion of living life. But that absolutely does not mean that it is right for you. So I want you to take everything that we talk about, kind of put it through your lens and your filter, click the link in the show notes, find out more information, and then make your own decision about these topics. Again, if you have an Ask Shona question, I would absolutely love to answer it. I do not have to use your name. You can use a false name. It's totally fine with me. Head to the link in the show notes and send me your question, and I would love to feature it on an upcoming episode. As always, you can check out everything in the show notes, as well as our sponsors that are mentioned in this episode. I'll see you right back here in a few days for a brand new one. (music) 